Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome into the Fog.net podcast. My name is Michael Swain, the Kansas beat writer for 24-7 Sports. Really fired up about the podcast we have coming your way today. I am joined by Wyatt Wheeler, who covers Missouri State for the Springfield Newsleader. We're going to dive into the season opener for both teams this Friday at David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. I'm going to cover everything you need to know about Missouri State um, heading into this matchup. But Wyatt, let's start off. How's the start of your week been so far? We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, getting crazier and crazier as the time goes on, but uh, happy I was able to make time to get on here. Uh, lots of stuff going on in southwest Missouri that uh, we'll see how that goes. Mm, well, I appreciate you taking some time to talk with us today. Let's dive right into it. Um, I think this Missouri State team is really fascinating. You know, looking up and down the depth chart, you see a lot of transfers, um, maybe some new faces on the program. But I want to start at quarterback because I think Kansas fans are all too familiar with the two quarterback setup from past coaching staffs where one quarterback starts the season, another guy gets snaps. It seems like Missouri State is headed that direction. Jacob Clark, a former transfer from Minnesota, and then Jordan Pichot, um, another quarterback who transferred from the JUCO ranks, both were on campus last year. But the head coach said they're going to split reps. What exactly yeah. do you expect from that? Like that, that seems like a very interesting thing to come out and say right at the beginning of the season. What's kind of been that battle like, and what are you expecting? Yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's something. It's different. It's uh, so. I mean, you go back a few years ago for Missouri State when Bobby Petrino first got here. Um, they had a quarterback. They had a former four star. Was committed to him at Louisville before he got canned. And then uh, you transferred over to MSU from Southern Miss, and you thought, okay, this is the guy. Turned over, turnover prone, and everything. They go, they play three games in the fall because of COVID. Then they play the rest of their season in the spring. They bring in another guy who's just a little more competent. Uh, I mean, just being able to um, not turn the ball over, and that worked. And you saw a little bit of mix with them here and there, but nothing to the extreme that we might get come Friday night. Um, it's been weird to watch because uh, you go into this thinking Jacob Clark's the guy. He was second string mm-hmm. last year, been in the program. He's been in the program. Of course, Jordan has too. But this seemed to be okay. You went and got him, maybe quarterback of the future, backed up the reigning conference offensive player of the year. And that's a tough thing to get at Missouri State when you consider that South Dakota State, North Dakota mm-hmm. State, Northern Iowa, really, really good programs. Uh, Missouri State had one at quarterback for a year when Missouri State had been god awful for so so long that you knew you knew Jason Shelley was going to start, but Jacob Clark was probably going to be the guy the next year. Bobby takes off. You still have the, pr- pretty much the entire coaching staff from a year ago, the last few mm-hmm. years, 
sticking around with Ryan Beard's promotion. Uh, you still have Nick Petrino as an offensive play caller who, uh, first time offensive play caller. Never, Bobby had always called them, and he'll be Nick's first time. He didn't even do it before at different stops. So um, they, they, they both said, where he said, going to build the offense around who the quarterback is. And you have two quarterbacks with two different styles because you have Jacob Clark, hmm. six foot five guy, um, going to be a pocket passer. You have Jordan Pichot who's pretty good at sensing things coming from behind, using his legs a little bit, strong arm when Jacob Clark's one that's going to get the ball out quickly. So just two very different looks that's going to have some similarities, but um, I haven't, it's just going to be fascinating to see how they work it. Um, By watching preseason practice, they didn't let us get out there to too many. Um, The most recent one I was able to see was, I was just like, oh, Jacob Clark's going to be the guy. He's running with the ones. You're going to, you're just going to say the coach speaks stuff to make sure there's competition. And then Jordan Pichot was a better quarterback that day with the twos. And he gets a chance, he gets a chance to go with the ones and he was a better quarterback. It's like, all right, there's competition um, to the point where we're sitting here now, go into yesterday, figured it'd be a no answer. And um, just like, oh, you'll see Friday night, but nope. He's just like, I might put them both on the field at the same time. So fascinating to watch. No idea what to expect, hmm. uh, but you are going to see them both. They, they're two kind of different offenses, and um, and I wasn't too impressed with the offense I saw when I've seen them recently. So um, I, I know Kansas had its troubles defensively, but this is a different animal when you get to the FCS, F- FBS ranks. For sure. And so that leads me to my next question then. What exactly maybe do you expect the identity of this offense to be? You mentioned right there, right? You know, Pichot and Clark, two different skill sets. You know, do you really, you mentioned there to maybe that you expect a little bit of difference, but just the identity of the offense going into the year. What have the coaches kind of talked about? What's kind of been from what you've seen at practice? What's kind of just been your feel of what to expect and how they might try and attack other defenses? They want they want to run the ball more. And I think that's a, I mean, that's a good choice to do when you're so, conf- when you're a little confused at quarterback right now. Um, and I, I would assume, as I say that, I assume Missouri State's going to have a quarterback takes over during that game and they won't bring them out. I, I, I would think that somebody sort of wins the job by the way the offense is going. I keep Ride the hot hand, no need to um, take it out. If there ever is a hot hand in the game, I think that's always got to be said in these types of games. But they want to run the ball m- more. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you guys being Kansas guys, I'm sure you're watching Kansas State closely at times. Jacardier Wright transferred from Kansas State. Um, very, very good runner at um in high school where he was one of uh one of the state's all-time leading rushers so this is a this is a guy that runs hard he's got a big body fast can catch the ball a little bit um they're gonna go to him a lot more i think than they did a year ago um this is their best player on the offense and it just kind of it's, it also depends on how that offensive line is going to be, which hasn't been good in uh, mm. the last few years under this Petrino staff. Just hasn't been there. It's what's held them back in playoff games. It's what's held them back when they've had high expectations. But Cartier Wright's going to be the guy, and you're going to see some mix of Selden Manning, a couple of freshmen in there as well that can do some catching out of the backfield and give them some different looks. Yeah, well, I, I believe – correct me if I'm wrong here, but he was – I'm seeing here on the game notes, right? So it was Missouri State's first 700-yard rusher since 2014, Jacardia Wright was, which, 
you know, it sounds like it's impressive. But you mentioned the offensive line there, looking up and down to the depth chart. It looks like good size. A lot of guys were 300 pounds, guys six foot five. Um, do you expect that to still maybe be an issue this year? Or what has the coaching staff done to try and maybe fix that issue? I will always expect it to be an issue until it's not anymore. It's just that's how I've been raised watching Missouri yeah. State football for the last uh, uh, way too long, seven, eight years. Uh, but uh, that's uh, and I'm sure you feel the same way sometimes being a Kansas football guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're talking to the same person here when it comes to watching the great football we've watched. But this offensive line, it's just been really hard to watch at times. It's um, way too many sacks a year ago, not much mm-hmm. of a push. But they did make it um, a priority going into this offseason. There are two guys that have been with the program on that starting offensive line. Uh, whether it's Giles Chio at right guard, Grant Goodson at right tackle. But then you – and Christian Loeza kind of banged up a little bit last year. They've been really high on that left guard. But you're seeing brand-new starters in here. You saw some guys leave to go. and They have one at Colorado. They have one elsewhere. So you're going to see some – I mean, this is a completely overhauled unit. Um, and then you bring in the, someone like Daniel Ike from a transfer from SMU – Hudson Lillibridge is going to be the starting state uh, center. He's a transfer from Tulane. Um, and you might see Eric Cade come in. I'm interested in the right tackle competition. I know Cade had, was banged up a little bit in the fall, but and that's, that's an old transfer from Ole Miss. It's 6'7", 345 that they want on the field. Um, so you're looking at a bunch of guys that you're just kind of throwing together. You, you wanted to piece it together with Hudson Lillibridge, Daniel Sinike, and then you have three guys that don't really have too much experience. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen that work here when you're trying to throw out a brand new offensive line that doesn't have lots of continuity. They weren't going to have a choice this year because of who they were, who left the program and who was coming back. But we haven't seen that work too well. That was a point of emphasis that they wouldn't try to get, but um, mm-hmm. that's going to be, that's going to be a focus in this Kansas game. And especially um, these first two uh, non-conference FCS games. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned the offensive line part, right? Kansas fans know a lot about that. We're not, we're two and a half years removed from KU having forty sacks in nine games during the COVID season, and you know it's come a long way from there in terms of coaching. Um, you mentioned Daniel Sinike. Obviously, I think maybe some Kansas folks that live in the Kansas City area might remember him. Went to Rockhurst High School, went to SMU after that, transferred now to Missouri State. Um, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Generally, like how much production do they return from last year? And what exactly do you maybe expect the strength of that defense to be? Because I think everyone knows the Kansas offense is explosive and potent. So where exactly do you feel like the, the strengths of the Missouri State defense lie? Yeah, they've had some good defenses over the last few years. That's what got them into the playoffs that first mm-hmm. year, especially. Uh, that's why Ryan Beard was promoted to head coach from defensive coordinator. That's partly why. I mean, he's he's a more charismatic one on that whole staff, and they deserve the continuity. I'm, I'm interested to see how this one this works because they lose probably their best defensive lineman on a year that they really took a step back as far as getting after the quarterback. Darian Smith is supposed to be um, somebody to really watch. That's a transfer from Charlotte who's going to be a starting defensive end. Um, From what I've seen from him, he looks like he's going to be a pretty good player in the Valley uh, football conference. And then you have some returners like Devin Gorey, Jalen Williams, 
those are three pretty good edge rushers as far as FCS level. Um, mm-hmm. They need some more production out of their defensive tackles. Um, you're going to have some new guys in there. Armin Wallace was a pretty well thought of player um, coming out of high school. He's a St. Louis kid. And then Sterling Smithson's a defensive tackle out of Blue Valley High up in the Kansas City area. Um, that's uh, That coaches have been high on, has been a little banged up. But the whole secondary is new. Uh, P.J. Hall has some pretty good experience there that, that's uh, uh, at safety playing a little bit last year when they've had some really good safeties, really good corners come through. So, I, I mean, I'm, I think that I think the backside of the defense can be taken care of and they've had some really good corners come through, but it's going to be a pretty new looking group, whether it's Kleno Levine, uh, 5'11 kid that uh, – coming from a JUCO that started in the area at the division, at one of the division twos. Um, Jamal McMurrin's a guy that has come through the program a little bit. He's also, he also played at Washington state, but uh, starter from last year. So the secondary is going to look some new, somewhat new, somewhat different. I mean, you lose the two all conference capable players, probably three. Um, so that's, that's going to be, that's going to be something to watch because they have a lot of depth there, but it just trying to see if it's good depth because they really focus on that. And then linebackers, you have returners and Von Young, Taj Chambers, um, new middle linebacker who they've really liked, sophomore Jared Lloyd, um, played seven games last year, but he was pretty good coming out of high school, um, and they really liked him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we were talking to KU players today on Tuesdays. We get to talk to some KU players, and um, Dominic Pooney, one of the offensive linemen for KU, was talking about the approach of the Missouri State defense being one that's going to be aggressive. Um, I guess, would you maybe agree with that sentiment, and how do you feel like that maybe shows itself, or how do you feel like um, is it aggressive, and how do you feel like they try and go about doing that? They are aggressive. They're going to try to. They're going to send some blitzers. They're going to dr- try to jump some passes to create turnovers. And mm-hmm. I came back to bite them more than um, you would have liked it to last year. But I mean, there were times in the years before where um, there were the years before where it worked out. So uh, it's it just kind of see. I'm one, you kind of want to see how how are they going to play this Kansas offense when you know how explosive it is, how explosive it can be. Um, and they've had, I mean, you, I'm sure you've talked ad nauseum about, oh, Missouri State gave Arkansas a challenge last year. Uh, but Missouri State gave Oklahoma State a challenge. And, um, and, and they kind of played them straight up a little bit. They're, they're timely. And when they do call things like mm. just a safety blitz or whatever, 
but it's a uh, it's an aggressive defense. But you're, they, I think they want to see what can that front four do to where you're not having to send as many guys as they had, uh, especially last year. Got it. Well, I mean, why you're good at this? You got one of my questions that's going to come here in a second about the uh, the other Power Five opponents they've played. But one quick thing on special teams. I think for KU, that was a, a big issue last year. Special teams mistakes. They shot themselves in the foot a lot. They've really worked this offseason to improve it, um, hiring new analysts, getting transfers. But for Missouri State, specialist-wise, are they a well-coached team, uh, a team that needed to improve that? Walk us through kind of the special teams outlook there. Well-coached on special teams. Their punter is awesome. Two-time All-American. Um, best player on the team, as much as you love to say. The punter is the best player on the team, but – uh, I'm surprised he's still here. I'm surprised one of those power fives uh, didn't come and try to NIL him off of here, but it, he is a, he is a very good punter. I'm interested to see how the kicker situation uh, ends up working out. They, they had to bring in a new one after her, their other guy uh, entered the transfer portal, came back, entered the transfer portal again and left. Um, so it just, it's, it's a new guy back there. I saw him miss an extra point when I was there, but that was just one day. Uh, they had some punt returner problems that probably cost them um, a couple of play, at least one playoff win in a mm-hmm. couple of games a couple of years ago to where they just couldn't catch the dang, the dang ball. Um, and then they kind of got, they got that fixed up last year. They're not afraid of fair catch anymore, um, but they lost their kick returner who was uh, a starting corner uh, had been working out a little bit with the Seahawks over, uh, uh, over the last month or so. And, he was a really good player and kick returner was an all American at returning the ball. So new look at kick returner. The one guy that they have did kick return quite a bit because they kicked it away from uh, Montre Braswell so often. So um, they are well coached there. They take that seriously. That's a lot of the, uh, the head coach has some special teams background to where he's going to Got be uh, making sure that's, that's well and not a problem come uh, Friday. Yeah, for sure. So I'm curious, you brought up the Arkansas game last year where it was a really close game until Arkansas kind of turned it on in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma State was a close game. Um, I believe that would have been two years ago, correct? Yeah. Or three, yeah. Two, two years ago. Um, in those games where Missouri State has been able to keep it close with Power 5 teams, what has been the consistent theme of the way that they've been able to keep it close, stay in the game, for longer than I think fans, you see FCS on the schedule, and I think you sometimes think, okay, that's a, a walk in the park. Well, how are they able to keep it close against those teams in the past? Well, they created some turnovers against Arkansas last year. Arkansas was, I believe, they fumbled at the one and, and going in for a touchdown, and they created some timely turnovers to where um, they were they kept themselves in the game. They were up they were up ten points going in the fourth quarter. And they also did a really good job at tackling and not letting the explosive plays happen until that fourth quarter. And they had a punt return for a touchdown. They had a, um, a couple long runs to where it, the game got out of hand a little quickly when it looked like the Bears had a real shot at winning the biggest game and the, the biggest win in the program's history. So mm-hmm. there was that. I mean, there were. I mean, Bobby had them just ready to go. Well, I mean, the offense was and play calling and everything was just perfect that day. And, um, but a couple turnovers here and there that you couldn't ha- let happen. Oklahoma state muffed punt, uh, hurt them a lot. Um, 
there was, a, and they might have had a chance that they they could have scored a touchdown, and they were going to go for two if they got it on the final drive. But um, quarterback over threw a little too high for his receiver when driving uh, when they would have been in the red zone. So they've been right there, just not letting the explosive plays happen, keeping everything in front of them. But um, they've been prepared and well coached and ready to go for those games, and that's just uh, that's going to have to be what they do on. Uh, on Friday and figure out what the quarterback's going to be. Cause they had a good one for those two games too. That can't be counted out. And we all knew um, that Oklahoma state game was the first one Jason Shelley had ever played in. And it's just like, all right, this is going to be one of the more special players to come through. Yeah. the program. So I'm curious as a team now going into this year, um, what's kind of the vibe been like, you mentioned being out of practice, you've talked to coaches, what is kind of the feeling been around the team entering what is a, a new era, right? With, with Bobby Petrino now at, at Texas A&M. You know, a lot of them feel like it's the same because it's the same people still around them, maybe just yeah. a little more energetic and Bobby's not cussing in their faces. Um, and I enjoyed I For all the crap Bobby gets, I loved my three years with him. It's just, uh, I, I mean, just working with him was one of the highlights of my young career so far. He was uh he was great with us, and uh, and I hope people, I hope more and more people are able to see that side of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when when a referee gets in the way of a pass play during a scrimmage, I know Bobby's going up and cussing out that referee. But when I see a referee get in the way during a scrimmage, and Ryan Beard's a head coach, Ryan Beard runs over, helps him up, and asks if he's doing okay. So I mean, you are seeing. Mm-hmm. A little bit more of that connection, that uh, just a little more youthful love for these players. This guy's 34 years old. He's uh, he's not much older than you and I, and uh, he's he's the head coach of this football team. And players are able to connect with him. He uh, he's a good he's a good preacher out there. He's fun to mm-hmm. listen to talk and um, has attached himself to this area and uh, loves his kids. Loves the kids, and uh, I think that's something that shows a lot more because Ryan's the head coach. Got it. Awesome. Well, Wyatt, that was some great stuff for Kansas fans that want to go read more of your stuff, want to get more of an in-depth look at Missouri state. Um, where can they find you on, on Twitter X, whatever Twitter, we're calling it now. X. And then on, yeah, uh, on I'm at Wyatt Wheeler underscore NL. I am at newsleader.com putting out a lot of Missouri state, Kansas stuff this week. Uh, also have the Wyatt's World podcast anywhere you get podcasts and uh, had a lengthy talk about Missouri State and Kansas and just kind of what the expectations are because you as Missouri State you kind of you always circle the FBS game as kind of a loss you know a few years ago when they announced this game everybody's like oh Kansas MSU's going to get its first win over an FBS in a long time but uh Kansas is watchable now so I'm, I'm happy for you guys and happy for your listeners. Yeah, well, I think K fans are, are fired up for this season and fired up for what should be a really fun game on Friday night. Thanks a bunch, Wyatt, and we'll see you at Memorial Stadium on Friday. Yeah, no problem.